Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. It's about 2.20, 2.23 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Jack Devine uh, is back with us today. You all know uh, Jack's background. Jack, since we uh, spoke last with respect to the uh, war in Ukraine, uh, President Putin gave a very well-publicized and uh, uh, long-scheduled talk to a lot of leaders of the Russian government and Russian society. And President Biden sort of big-footed him uh, by showing up uh, unannounced, although I, I guess there was some sort of a back channel in informing of the Russians, uh, trip uh, to uh, Kiev. People around President uh, Putin were unhappy that uh, President Biden captured international headlines by his trip. But that has happened, uh, according to Colonel uh, McGregor, one of your um, long-distance nemeses on this uh, show. Uh, the Russians have amassed between three and 500,000 infantry uh, on the northern border of Ukraine and are ready to uh, to move in once Putin gives the word, which they expect, or McGregor ha- expects to happen soon. So we have a lot to, um, to talk about. Uh, I want to start by running a clip from uh, Secretary General Stoltenberg uh, mm-hmm. of NATO claiming that the Ukrainians are using more ammunition than we can supply and more ammunition than we can produce. Mm-hmm. The war in Ukraine is consuming an enormous amount of ammunition and depleting allied stockpiles. The current rate of Ukraine's ammunition expenditure is many times higher than our current rate of production. This puts our defense industries under strain. Well, do you agree with that? And if it's true, why would he say it? Absolutely. There's no question. They're firing, uh, I think, something like 60,000 rounds uh, at the same time that we can only produce about 15. Okay. So, but say 50 or 15. 15,000. I'm just trying to remember the time frame for it. But there's a gap. Remember, you're isn't armed to the teeth. This is one of the things that on the downside, I mean, I think last time we were talking, the Germans have like one one week of uh, to be able to fight a full-blown war. They've got a lot of talent, but they don't have the infrastructure. So there's a lot of lessons that I think Europe is going to have to beef up its, its capabilities. But let me stop for a second and say the Russians are using up ammunition faster than they can produce. And this is why you want to keep an eye on the China-Russia relationship right now, because right now the Chinese are not giving them uh, uh, weapons. So if you want to talk about how they can be helpful to their neighbor, it's the ammunition. Now, all around the world, they're trying to find uh, shells to help sustain this uh, and the the weapons. Uh, So this is a challenge. Uh, But this is why both armies can only keep at this for so long. There are real logistical issues. 
But I bet on the West because we had once, look, look at World War II, once the U.S. decided it was going to make something, they made an awful lot of it, okay? But right now it's a real issue and a, 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 a battle starting. And a little time uh, line here that I think I want to discuss with uh, McGregor. I mean, they started the new advance. It's not, you know, they've started. Now, is it the full advance? And they made a little progress. Now they're losing that ground. I mean, their army is not looking good. Uh, the Brits are saying they have 95% of their army committed to this. So a few weeks ago, you were telling me that they were, he and others were saying, oh, they're just going to march right across the plains and, and, and camp is going to fall. That's not what it looks like. They are still showing tremendous logistical shortcomings. They, they, are, they are in trouble. And I... Right. And, let's and again, go. Let's go. Let's go back to the uh, ammunition. If they're shooting sixty thousand rounds a day, and we're supplying fifteen thousand yeah. rounds, it's, it's not very long before they run out. Yeah, I think I don't think I want to say a day, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not sure what the time frame was on that, but there was right. a gap between our production of fifteen and when they were expending it, whether it was a week, day, or month. I'm not. Last we week, didn't keep uh, the notes on that, but I'm just saying there's a gap between production and being utilized. But it's the same thing is true on the Russian side. Okay. Last week, Congressman uh, Michael McCall of the uh, House Armed Services Committee led a delegation, a bipartisan delegation of members of the House to uh, Kiev, and he was interviewed briefly on an uh, airplane a tarmac by my former uh, Fox colleague, Trey Yankst. Uh, here's the interview. The plan right now from the administration is a just enough to bleed through the winter and spring, but not enough for victory. We need to give them enough for victory. What does he mean to bleed them and not what, enough what, for victory? What, what does victory mean? Taking Moscow? I mean, you, there's a couple of things that need to be. Yeah, well, that's a great. That's a great question. If we were to ask Joe Biden what victory means, expelling yeah. the Russians from Ukraine and Crimea, not feasible expelling Putin from office, not feasible. I don't know what victory is. Well, you, you want to ask me? Yes. Is. Yeah, sure. Sure. First, <laughs> I want you to comment on Congressman McCall and bleeding them dry. And that seems to be consistent with you. And then I want you to tell me what would be victory here for uh, Joe Biden and the uh, Americans? People it really value, people would find it worthwhile to read history. You know, bleed the Russians. To, I mean, go read history. I mean, Hitler gave it his best, right? It's not that easy, all right? Bleed them and so on. I mean, I think the strategic thing is we are responding to a Russian assault on the West. And what has happened is it's stunning that he can't take Ukraine. If, if he took on Europe, he would really be... He'd be be wiped off the on the ground and you know there's always a nuclear but i'm saying he is showing a very weak army it's an embarrassment to him and you know if he were to go to poland i i i'm betting on the poles holding back at least as well as, as well as the ukrainians so bleeding them i think the issue is you know you push until the russians cease and desist now I don't believe there's peace, right? But I do think you'll reach a point where everyone's using up so much ammunition, enough, so many soldiers have died, that you slow down the pace of war. No one wins. Like I said, we're still at war with North Korea. So war could go on for a long time, but it will not go on for a long time at this, this level. And victory, for me, the real ultimate victory is not about Ukraine. It's the geopolitical risk of the world today, and it's the China, Russia, and their allies 
the alliance against the West. If right. Russia, if Russia uh, fails to accomplish its goal, um, I'm sticking with my Wall Street Journal op-ed of three March of a year ago, that he will go. And that will change the geopolitical. There's bigger thing at play here than just uh, the current day-to-day -day fighting. And I think there's a world that's going to be unstable if we allow Putin to go un unchallenged. And I think we're doing a very good job of challenging him. And I, I take my hat off every day to how, how incredibly uh, tough the Ukrainians are and how much they're willing to take. So the Russians better look at them bleeding them dry too. They're not easy to bleed dry either. Gary, uh, uh, President Biden, tell me what you think of this comment, Jack. Brutality will never grind down the will of the free. And Ukraine, Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. Never. Hyperbole, well, hyperbole or realistic, Jack? No, listen, I do not believe, I have never believed that the Russians would subjugate the Ukrainians. I was off because I didn't think Putin was going to actually be crazy enough to run across the border. And look, that was a bad mistake. No matter how you look at it, he can't look at it like that was one of the great strategic moves of his life. But I was thinking we'd end up with an insurgency like Afghanistan. The Ukrainians are not going to give up. He is not going to subjugate them. We are not going to let that happen. Europe has had land wars. They cannot let Putin prevail. So, yeah, I, don't, I, I agree with that. But that's not I've been saying that long before the president of the United States said it. I, I don't think they can beat the Ukrainians. Suppose you define a Russian victory uh, as retention of the East, particularly Donbass and certainly Crimea, and that's enough to satisfy Putin. Does he win? Get to, Does he declare victory and go home? He, he will declare. He will declare if he only gets one foot of territory. Right? He's going to declare. Well, right now, he has seventeen percent of Ukraine. That's certainly more than one foot. He could I'm declare victory saying, tomorrow. No. I'm, well, he could declare victory tomorrow and go home. Right now, right? He could go home and say he won. And he, he might be able to sell it to his people. But you know it wasn't a win. Everybody knows it wasn't a win. It wasn't his objective, right? And he controlled most of that territory before this conflict started. What do you he, think his objective what do you think his objective was, Jack? I honestly thought I honestly thought he thought he would subjugate the he was told, his intelligence people told him, you'll be met with flowers. There were Russian intelligence officers renting rooms for their stay in Kiev. They had no idea of what they were up against. I don't know what they were basing their analysis on, but he was he was sold a, 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 a bad good a bag of goods. So here, here he objective. is. Now he just has to get out of there where the, the war, the fighting slows down and it looks like, oh, I've, hold, I've held the East. Right now, the Ukrainians aren't even prepared to settle for that. But he, here, he, he, is, he, is, uh, here he is two days ago on who started all this. Kiev regime provided artillery uh, and uh, aviation and other weapons to to attack Donbass back in 2014. In 2015, they attempted again to directly attack Donbass. They continued shelling terror in relation to citizens. All of this was completely against the documents that were accepted by the United Nations uh, Security Council. I would like to repeat, they started the war and we used the force in order to stop it. Yeah, it seems like... That was interesting, Judge. I've never hang seen... On, Jack. Hang on, Jack. Hang on. 
I've been seeing the 82% of the Russian population agrees with him. You know what? Go back and roll the tape and look at the audience. When well, they look, they look, look like, the audience. They, they look like one, mannequins. Did you see one person shake their head? Yes, that's right, President. Yes, smile. Yes, you're right. There's not, it's like every, look at it. It's everyone has a stone face. Like, yeah, okay. We're all going to pretend that's right. All right, Gary, sure. roll, roll the uh, tape again of that same one. Yeah, watch Kiev the regime provided artillery uh, and uh, aviation and uh, other weapons to, to attack Donbass back in 2014. In 2015, they attempted again to directly attack Donbass. They continued shelling terror in relation to citizens. All of this was completely against the documents that were accepted by the United Nations uh, Security Council. I would like to repeat, they started the war and we used the force in order to stop it. Did you see a single person show any sign? Well, Jack, the they're not Irish. They're Russian. They're, 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 <laughs> Judge, you and they I don't, don't show to... their emotion. Let me tell you, in front of your audience, if it was live and we were in front of them, you would see an awful lot of body action on what you said and what I said. That audience said, I've been trained not to show any reaction here. <laughs> I'm not saying one word. Run, run the next That's one. That's a hard thing to sell. There's All right, Gary. Some Gary, of run, run the next one where uh, Putin refers to the American demand to inspect Russian nuclear weapons as theater of the absurd. In the beginning of February this year, there was a statement from the North Atlantic Alliance factually demanding that Russia returns to the strategic arms treaty, as they call it, including allowing inspections of our nuclear defense facilities. I don't even know what to call it. It's a theater of the absurd. Regarding this, I have to say that Russia suspends its participation in the New START Treaty. So they finally, they all knew the clap on that one, right? They finally <laughs> saw some. Uh, you finally saw well, some emotion. I think you're being you have to clap on getting out of the salt. I mean, otherwise you would be taken out back and spoken to. I think you're being unduly harsh on a <laughs> Look, on, uh, on a guy a, that kills women. You know how he's running his forces on the hey, ground? Hey, Jack, let me finish my statement. You're being unduly harsh on a culture radically different from ours. They don't well, laugh. They don't They don't smile. They don't agree. They applaud they had, when, they're, when they think it's the right time to applaud. Right. So you can't, you know, so I'm sorry, Judge. The point is, <laughs> the point is that the, the Russians, the, well, look, they've been through you know, centuries of misery, right? And they're right. used to it. But so is Eastern Europe and so is Europe. I'm just well, saying his his song and dance, I'm sure he sells it somewhere in this country. He sells it to his, some of his folks. The people didn't agree, left. A lot of the best in that country have already packed up and left. And he sells this argument that we invade, we provoke the invasion. I mean, good. I mean, I, I, I just... I don't even know how to respond to the ludicrous. If you want to talk about the mirrors of absurdity, there we are. Okay. All right. Um, is it realistic that uh, intelligence uh, agencies would have spoken to each other before Biden arrived in Kiev so that the Russians would know not to bomb wherever he, he uh, or, or to attack wherever he was in Kiev? I picked up on that when you mentioned it at the very beginning, and I stopped and thought about that. I know I wouldn't have. And I wonder if they did. I wouldn't trust them. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust them. And I would be confident enough that we could get him in and out in a way in which he wouldn't be able to do much. And he, you know, so I, I don't think I would do that. If we had normal relations, if we had, didn't have a war, then that would be a smart thing to do for sure. So I, Jake, I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't trust him. Jake Sullivan, whom I don't trust, that's the president's national security advisor, announced that we did inform uh, Russian authorities after he had landed in Poland and as the train was starting to take him uh, toward uh, Kiev. So they, I'm they, thinking maybe there's some courtesy that you uh, express. You're telling me, no, you wouldn't trust them. I wouldn't, but I mean, I, I don't doubt that that happened. And, you know, uh, it's a, a, I just wouldn't take a chance, right? So it worked fine. I mean, if they did that and they got in and they didn't fire at him, it would have been a huge mistake for the Russians to do anything. But I can't, I can't imagine have, they would have could, want to you know, do anything. Yeah, would have been so a catastrophic, catastrophic mistake. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but I think you know, firing under president of the United States is non-trivial. Right. <laughs> I least. said it would be, it would be catastrophic. So I don't what think would they would do it. I just wouldn't trust them to to cause problems. It wouldn't be that he would get necessarily hurt, but cause problems. What would uh, have bombings around the city? What would be a definition of uh, victory for the Ukraine side that President Zelensky will accept? Well, the way they define it is all the original territory, right? Crimea, Donbass. I mean, that's their position, right? Now, where that's they, not that, realistic, is it? Well, I'm just saying. You ask me, what is their? That's where they're. That's their going in position. If and you were, that? if you were mediating this, what would you tell President Zelensky would be an acceptable face-saving? Uh, a point at which to stop the hostilities. I wouldn't begin mediation right now. I would wait until, you know, uh, this big push comes. And my view is he's going to leave with not much to show for it. And then he, then you're in a situation where you might start negotiation. At this point, there's nothing to negotiate. He doesn't want to move. The Ukrainians don't want to move. What's the negotiate? You're just wasting your time. So are we talking about a land war that could go on for two, three, four, five years? No, what I keep what I keep trying to stress when I talk to people is I don't think he can stay at this level. The war could go on. We're still at war with North Korea, uh, but you know I will not stay at this level. What level does it settle into? And you know if Putin fails, why is he going to come back the next time? He's going to have to improve his army before he can make another run at it. So I don't expect it to stay at this level, but I do not expect a peace agreement. I do not foresee a written agreement, I think it'll be just a silent agreement that, you know, we're only going to fire so many shells a day at each other. That's, if, I don't, uh, that's my rough estimate. Where do you think we'll, we'll be in? some major breakthrough on either side. Where do you think we'll be in four or five months? The same stalemate where we are now. By stalemate, no. I mean neither, neither side no. making much progress. No, I think he fails in this. Uh, again, we can you can come back to me. I'm on the record for the second time with you on this. I do not think they will accomplish their objective this time. So he has to go back and convince his people again that he won and it's worth, let's leave a few more prisoners out if there's a few left. Also watch the fact that the Wagner group and the generals are now, you know, spitting at each other. That's not a good sign. You know, now the Wagner group packed off a little bit, but there's your signs of internal tension. When, when you're winning, everybody's happy. When you're losing, everybody's blaming everybody else for everything. This is not a good sign if you're Putin. Well, on that, I agree with you. Why would that blame game 
be going on in public. I mean, if, in America, if Tony Blinken and Lloyd Austin had a dispute, uh, hopefully it wouldn't be on Meet the Press. It's a weakness. I mean, that's another weakness that that that, that actually surfaced in public domain by them. Um, uh, I think the Wagner Group is a little more dangerous than people thought. That's uh, and I, if I were Putin, I understand they're providing the security for him, and, <laughs> and I'd have somebody watching them. But wow. so I, I think there's a lot of a lot of look at the logistics. So I keep coming back to this million Ulysses S. Grant. Look at the logistics and how poor they are. I mean, this is unbelievable. This that recent round. They're now once again showing bad leadership. And I mean, they're it's it's I'm surprised. I frankly am surprised it's as bad as it is. Jack Devine, always a pleasure, whether we agree or not. Love your insight. My uh, audience, well judge, look how turn in when you're on. Look how boring it would be if we both agreed and your audience were were nodding your head at, or if they had those freeze, uh, frozen faces, I guarantee you there's nobody in your audience that has a frozen face. When we talk. Jack, when, when we finish this, I'm going to do a little thank you to the audience, and you are I partially, partially responsible for this. It's a good thing. Today we broke 100,000 uh, subscriptions. That puts us in very, very nice category of uh, international podcasters. But uh, thank you for helping us. I hope you'll stay with us, Jack. Whether and we all those who want me back, <laughs> right to the I judge. want you back. <laughs> all the best, well, my dear it's friend. A, it's a great pleasure to be to have your audience, frankly, that you can have a, a candid discussion without yelling at each other and, and trying to tackle issues seriously. So I, I compliment you and your audience. Thank you, my dear friend. Judge the Paul Tano for judging freedom. Bye.